Welcome back to the Scribes Journal. I am your host, the Scribe of Worlds, and I am joined this week by the Violet author. Hello! Greetings. Salutations. All of the greetings. All of the hellos. Uh, yes, Violet is here. And we have a really fun, mostly fun episode for you guys planned because we're going back to the chaos of wheels upon wheels of insanity and randomosity, which is... Although we only have one wheel and then we also have Raggy. Oh, okay. So never mind. I take that back to two wheels. (laughs) One wheel that (laughs) we will definitely be rolling and one that we might be rolling. For new timers, do you want to explain what we're about to do? So, uh, over the course of our existence, Scribe and I have found many prompts or created many prompts in our minds for stories that we would love to try and figure out to make in the future. We've compiled them all into this wonderful wheel. We just call it The Wheel. It doesn't have any, any fun name. Uh, and we give that a spin, we land on a prompt, and we tend to just do one, but sometimes we'll do two. And we will spin them and try and make a story out of the two of them. There is an additional element, though. I am a chaos gremlin, and so sometimes uh, I don't feel like things are difficult enough. Sometimes I feel like things are just a little bit too easy. So I have created what we have dubbed Rutrow Raggy, uh, which is a wheel of pure chaos that Scribe knows nothing about. Completely my brainchild with all fantastic prompts. There's 20 of them in all. And sometimes we'll throw that in in the middle of an episode just to spice things up a little bit. Uh, and I just recently, Scribe, added about five more so it was at 15 before it's at 20 now and there's a there's a there's a there's an expression on your face that if i had to put it into words it's um accepted defeat oh it's not defeat oh oh what is it then so there's a difference between defeat and resignation ah uh, yes and it is accepted resignation accepted resignation that does fit quite well so uh scrub is resigned to this fate we will be using raggy today uh but that being said we have some wheels to spin so that our creativity can begin Ooh, that's a nice rhyme we'll have to keep that one in mind we'll never remember it again but that was a good one uh, so this this wheel has inspired such things as the time sender Twilight is now a historical document. Vampire heist. What we do in the Smithsonian. What else? The Charlie the Brown The Werewolf one. Shepherd was the one of them. The Werewolf Shepherd. That was our first Pepper. one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, escaped containment. Oh, yes. Good old Poobity. 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 So, uh, yeah. It is for sure a fascinating wheel. And I'm very excited for us to get into it today. Towards the end, though, stay tuned, because near the end of this episode, we're going to be talking about February and something really exciting that Scribe and I have created for February. So stay tuned for that. But until then, Scribe, would you do us the honor of spinning our first wheel? The picker wheel does strange things to my internet, but I think we are okay. Bro, something's doing something to your internet. You're a crickle crackling up a storm over there, my guy. What? Who came up with the song, John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt? Because no one's named that. No one's ever been named that. Maybe one man. Is it just one guy whose, like, goal and fantasy in life was to have just a town of people who are all named like him, and so he made that song? And if so, why did that get popular? Why was everyone like, mm, a banger? John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Your audio is fantastically crickle-crackly. And now I can't hear you at all. Can you hear me now? Your audio is, like, delayed, like, five seconds. 
That's my name, too. Yeah, you're back! <laughs> it literally would not spin for me. The internet. Okay. Too great. I got it. Um, so I can either I, I can spin it on my phone or you can spin it. Okay, gotcha. Then I will spin it. Alrighty. Are you ready to spin the wheel? That's a trick question because it is being spun right now. Kurt, it is spinning and has landed. Please don't tell me it's Soulmate AUs. Horror Sesame Street. No. Yes. Yes. Okay. Today, folks. Today, we it's it's here. It's here and it's ready to go and it's going in our document. Our wheel prompt is the street. Horror Sesame Street. I think so. As I recall, this is based from Time Sender, actually, where a whole bunch of different things got messed up in history. One of them being Me Street became known as the street. So what I was thinking with this was not necessarily so much horror. I'm I'm okay to go the horror route, but let me know what you think. Instead, doing like a dark, gritty reboot of Sesame Street. So you know how they did like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the dark, gritty reboot of 2016? No. And, oh, you didn't see those? Okay. What is this? It sounds right up my alley. Well, I mean, it's, it's not so much. So Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has always kind of been lighthearted. And when they came back out with the 2016 film, was just darker and grittier than the the old animated classics. Like Morbius? Yeah, kind of like Morbius or like the, the dark and gritty reboot of Batfleck. Affleck? Like the duck? No, that's Affleck. Batfleck. It's... Was there like a rendition where the duck, like a ad no. where the duck... No, Ben Ben Affleck, the actor. The guy that voices the duck? There's nothing to do with the duck here. <laughs> I'm so confused. Do you know Ben Affleck... The actor. I know the duck. <laughs> there is an actor called Ben Affleck. And I'm probably terribly mispronouncing his name, but it's it's fine. And he played Batman in the Snyderverse. Oh, my boyfriend's going to be so mad at me when he hears this episode because he's a Batman aficionado and I should know this. I should know this. But I thought it was Robert Paddington. So, no, Paddington. No. So he, he was the Batman, which was another one that came out. So I like that one. With, but... The thing with the Batfleck was instead, so classically, Batman has a thing where he doesn't kill his enemies because that's what makes him better than them. And Batfleck had no such compunctions. It was pretty much like kill or be killed. And which a lot of people were like, whoa, that's strange. So, so, but that's like the, the dark gritty reboot that I'm talking about, where it's not so much horror, but there's a much darker side to the characters that we know and love. Um, like maybe Elmo's, maybe Elmo's show is always in his house because he's agoraphobic. Yeah, I mean it could be like that, or like Count Dra. Is it Count Dra? What's what's the what's the Count's name? The Count, because he counts. It's just the Count. Okay, yeah. Like the Count is actually a vampire, and he's not just you know a numbers guy. Like he's actually a vampire, or like maybe he like but, counts how many chugs he can get out of them while they're slowly gasping for breath as they're blowing the hair. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, yeah. eight, nine, ten. And now we do multiples of ten. Twenty, thirty, forty. Twenty. This is horrific. I love it. This is perfect for me. I've never felt so represented by a prompt before. So the Count Dracula has a compulsionist his OCD and his compulsions include counting his victim's blood as he drains it. Elmo is agoraphobic. Big Bird, probably autistic. 
It doesn't necessarily just have to be, like... No, I know, but now I'm just being a social worker and diagnosing all the Sesame Street characters. <laughs> Here's, I, th I think, how how we should approach it. How do we make Sesame Street, or the street, appealing to people of our generation? Like, who grew up with Sesame Street originally, but are now are older and want something, like, with more meat. So, have you seen The Neighborhood? Mr. Rogers. No, Warner. I'm talking about the recent video game that has come out called The Neighborhood, which is literally just this. It is a dark reboot of Sesame Street, uh, where the puppets themselves are actually alive, but when their show was canceled, they were just abandoned and left in this giant set, and so they've gone just absolutely insane, uh, and it is up to the character's job to go and shut up off their TV show once and for all. I highly recommend you watch even just, like, clips of it because it is one of the funniest and creepiest shows. I think you'll actually really like it because the, the, the puppets will, like, just stand there and they will just keep talking. Like, even if you just stand there for, like, an hour, they will have dialogue that they just continually say. And it just gets worse and worse. Like, it'll start off, like, a completely normal thing that this puppet would say, like, kids, don't forget to eat your vegetables. But then it'll slowly spiral into, I watched my dog get hit by a car when I was 12. And then my mom made me lick the entrails off the wheels. Like, it, it really, it, like, it just keeps getting worse. And it's the funniest. It just, like, you just sit there and get traumatized while you're laughing at these puppets with these goofy voices. Anyway, sorry. So, total, total tangent moment for me. But um, this is a, a concept that is very good. I think it's very popular right now to take childhood shows and make them dark. We've seen it with Bendy and the Ink Machine, The Neighborhood. Anyone in the game universe will know about these titles. But this is this is topical, and I'm excited for this. Awesome. So, how do we do it but not do the neighborhood? No, oh, I have no idea. I was just saying I'm excited. Okay, so something that has done a reboot, not necessarily a dark one, but a, a movie reboot after a TV series is The Muppets. Have you, did you see the two Muppets movies that they came out with? Which one? There was a lot of them. I saw Treasure Planet. No, so like in 20, early 2010s, maybe late 2000s, there, there are two Muppet movies that came out. One is the Muppet, Muppet movie. It follows Walter, who is a Muppet, but wasn't in the Muppet show. Am I yes. a man? And then yes, they kidnapped Jack Black. They kidnapped Jack Black. Oh, yeah, that's right. They did. I forgot about that. I love that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's there's that one. And then there's the follow-up, which was Muppets Most Wanted, which didn't do well enough for them to come back with a third one. So in that one, the idea was that all of the Muppets, after the show ended, went off and got real jobs, quote-unquote. So we can do something like that, where all the people have grown up now. That'd be kind of similar to our Peanuts episode, and it's also kind of already been done. Mm -mm. So, but it's not an apocalypse this time. That was the thing. That's Last true. time it was an apocalypse. This time we need something else. We need something to drive the story. It can't just be. I'm thinking like when I hear the street, I think gritty, like noir detective. Ooh, okay. So that's the vibe that I have in my head. So I think we should pick a Sesame Street character to have grown up to become this gritty noir detective who's now investigating a murder on the street, on Sesame Street. I love it. I'm yes! so <laughs> Okay, great. I'm excited. So I I have a confession. I mm -hmm. have never seen the Sesame I've never seen Sesame Street. I'm going into this completely blind. I like I know some of the characters. Viewers, we I... need to take five. We need to take five. Scribe needs to know what we're talking about. So I'm going I, I know, to find... I know what Sesame Street is. 
I know what Sesame Street is, and like I've seen clips and I've read books of them, and I've listened to like audio formats of them, but I've never actually like watched the show. So I shouldn't say I'm going into into it completely blind. This was okay. not a huge part of my childhood. Not not in the way that like Peanuts was. Okay. Basically, here's here's the lineup. Let's pull the cast up. Let's decide what characters we're going to use. Okay. We've got Grover. We've got Elmo. We've got Bert, and we have Ernie. We have Count Dracula. Oscar the Grouch. Is he actually called Count Dracula? Count von Count. Nice. That is his name. Big Bird. Cookie Monster, Zoe. That's the basic cast. Those are the people that we always see. Zoe. Oh, there's Abby. Abby and Rosita. Those are the last two that I was thinking of. Uh, I want to say there is a Muppet just known as the Bad Humor Man from Grouchland. Uh, I I think I found my Muppet. I think you're right. This <laughs> is the Bad Humor Man. That's a good list for us to start with. Feel good about that. Good stuff. So, going through these characters, some of them have very distinct personality traits. Um, Cookie Marpster is obsessed with cookies. Now that's smart. Easily distractible. And easily angered. Mm. Count Von Count is, he's regal. He's old. He loves to count. Elmo speaks in the third person. Has a bit of a kind of a younger mindset or childlike mindset. Bert and Ernie, they're they're a duo. Mm-hmm. So they were roommates, and they were roommates. Uh, Bert and Ernie, great, we love them. Uh, I I love their dynamic of like grumpy and shut sunshine characters. Um, but I'm feeling like I'm not quite sure. I feel like if we had to go with a main character, I would either want it to be Big Bird or Grover. Unless we wanted this to be one of the old human actors of Sesame Street. No, I think that would get too meta. Yeah, I think so. I think Grover is the way to go on this one. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, so Grover is our gritty noir detective. Okay, uh, Rosita? Love her. I feel like Rosita might be who brings our case to Grover. Rosita is the Spanish bilingual character. She's very sweet. She's got a little sass to her. She's also cute. Like, I think, like, she's adorable. So, nor detective films usually start with, like, there's a pretty dame that crossed my door that fateful summer's eve. So, do we want to take one of the three female characters that we have and make them the nor dame, so to speak? Yeah, I think Rosita. That was what I was going with that. Let's Rosita? go. Let's take oh, okay. Rosita for that. I'm trying to think... I'm trying to find, like, a way to describe her personality traits, but it doesn't seem like she has anything very specific that, like, stands out other than she's blue. I love, honestly. Uh, props to her for being the cutest thing ever. Let's see here. So, the next thing we have to do is figure out who dies. Yes! Yes! Okay. Big Bird might be a concept. Um, I already think that Elmo did it. I'm- okay. I think- I'm not sure. I think- I think maybe Elmo did it. Well, we could decide, obviously, but, like, that's where I'm kind of leaning towards, just because I okay. uh, had nightmares of... Actually, when I was little, I had nightmares of Cookie Monster. It's wrong on multiple levels. I'm sorry. Yep. I dreamed that Cookie Monster was underneath my bed, poking my mattress to find my body in the mattress, and so I'd have to keep, like, moving to avoid his finger under the mattress, and then if he poked me, he would reach around from under my mattress and grab my baby blanket and take it. It sounds like you have a deep-seated fear of Cookie Monster. Oh, 
Yeah. And of losing things that might relate to security for you. Um, okay, no, hang on. Too much I'm the social worker of this duo, so I don't need any of your therapies in there. Nuh-uh-uh. Yes, it was Cookie Monster. It definitely wasn't a deep-seated fear of any other kind of loss and rejection. So, that being that said, I'm fine with killing Cookie Monster. So, my thought... This big blue corpse... I think it's you that did it. I can violet the violet author killed Cookie Monster. That's the story, y'all. Why is it that we have Rover, who is the blue gritty nor detective, Rosita, who is the blue nor dame, and apparently Cookie Monster, who is the blue corpse? I love blue. Blue is my color. If you put anything in front of me that is the color blue, like a blue drink or a blue candy, I'm eating that. I'm eating that right then and there. Okay. I here's my thought that Cookie Monster would have actually ended up being the like banker of the town. Oh, I would think that'd be Count Von Count because he likes to count the money. Well, here's the thing. I'm thinking Count Von Count is dead. Like just of old age, like he's just he's gone and has but plot twist he's not actually dead, like he faked his death. That's the big not the big, but that's like the the red herring of the case is the clues point to something and he thinks it's the count he unveils that the count is still alive and the count is like no it wasn't me so like that could be the 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 twists that we use uh but yeah just thinking about like was it tax fraud yeah exactly it was tax because you can't tax it you can't tax a guy who's dead but now the property that he that he uh resides on isn't technically his it's run by a trust that is a a non-for-profit that teaches kids to count or something i don't know it's a trust that his wife made put everything into without his full knowledge that can only be given to their like child so he like dies and pretends to come back as a child as like his like son his like son because he's a vampire not quite not quite the way i was going with it i was thinking that like his his land had been turned into some kind of like museum or historical site and he was pretending to be like the caretaker for it he got to still live in his old house but he's not really living there wink wink it's like certain rooms are like locked off and they're like we never found the key but then it's just he's actually just like living there normally and he's just locking off rooms to be able to live normally right but he's just he's just like living in the house and like the kindly old caretaker who every so often like mutters numbers under his breath and everyone thinks he's just a little bit kooky like and well if you lived with the count for that long you'd probably pick up some of his mannerisms as well no right. it's just the exactly. count it's just the count <laughs> and everyone's so dumb that they haven't figured it out yet. i think it's like that's like grover's like life goal is to prove this correct but no matter how obvious it is to everyone else the count like is fooling them all he's got like a fake wig on we've spent so much time on this one character so yeah i think cookie monster because like he loves keeping cookies safe and like whatever oh no maybe he, maybe he got into digital cookies like a web designer is that NFTs. how dumb is that he got into nfts He got in too deep. He lost a bunch of money. He thought NFTs were the fountains of the future. And then he was like, "Uh uh-oh. Okay, great. So that that could be his motivation, that he's down on his luck. He has all of these NFTs, but nothing of actual value. Like, he's still barely scraping by. I'm trying to find Zoe. I was looking up Zoe because I don't know much about her. Can Rocky the Rock be the murder weapon? Can Zoe be dead if someone killed her with her pet rock? 
Or maybe Zoe, or maybe Rocky is the one that's dead. No, it's a literal rock. Like, I don't know if you've seen this, but it's just a genuine rock. It's nothing Muppet about it, not even fake eyes. And it's just Zoe walking around for a whole episode telling everyone that it's alive and everyone but Elmo agreeing with her. And then everyone gaslighting Elmo and telling him that he's a jerk for not being nice to this rock. And that is the entire Sesame Street episode. It is a 20-minute episode of people just gaslighting Elmo. And it's my favorite thing ever. It's my favorite thing ever. I love it so much. So anyway, I like that Rocky is the murder weapon. Rocky's my reason for it not being Zoe, who's dead, mm-hmm. is because Zoe is the one that's arrested because Rocky was the murder weapon. So Rosita comes to Grover because she says, my friend Zoe just got arrested for a murder I know she didn't do. I love it. So that's, I think that that could be the starting point. I love that. That is great. Okay. All right. Let me check Abby. What's up with Abby? She turns things into pumpkins by accident quite often. A plot point that she has? Yes, that's a consistent plot point, that she accidentally uses her magic wand and accidentally turns things into pumpkins. Wild. That is something that we might be able to use. Let's see, who else do we have? Uh, Okay, we don't have anything for Big Bird, so Big Bird can be the one that dies. Perfect. We have a list right now of all the character information we've made, and Big Bird is just, he's dead. So, Big Bird is a very curious character. I think he got too curious. I think Big Bird dug a little bit too deep, asked a couple of the wrong questions, and has come up dead. So I think Big Bird was a reporter. Oh, interesting. For what's new on the street, or what's the news on the street. And he was the reporter for The Street, which is the publication that they come out with. And that's why it's called The Street. There we go. It all comes together. Eventually, it all does come together. So he was digging around in something, which is why Count Von Count is where Grover looks originally, because Grover's already got things in that area. And maybe he had a conversation with Big Bird at the bar about his investigations. And Big Bird was like, I'll check a few things out for you. But then Big Bird never got back to him. Because Big Bird was already talking about another scoop that he was digging in on. And was like, if I have time when I'm not focusing on my big scoop right now, I'll look it up. Interesting. I like it. I am, I'm looking at this character list and trying to figure out how to tie other characters in. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, Oscar the Grouch, I feel like should be the uh, ear to the street, he knows what's up in the criminal underworld type guy. Like, Oh, you know, yeah. The guy that you He's... meet in the sleazy diner. The Could informant. he be a mafia boss? Could he please be a mafia boss? Oh, that's even better, actually. I love that. Oh, I love that. Oscar, you know why they call come him to the Grouch? On this, the day of Slimy's wedding. He's not actually getting married, but we're just kind of having trash a... Trash day? Uh, you come to me on trash day of all days. <laughs> you come... Yeah, that's good. Ah! Oh, I love it. All right, so that's Oscar the Grouch. Maybe he's where Grover goes to when Grover's trying to find answers about where Big Bird was snooping around. Like, what was... His beak was too good, but his beak was like bigger than his eyes, if you know what I mean. He was digging too deep. Digging too deep into things he shouldn't have been looking into. Now, right, I can't which say also much. Makes, I keep adding in uh, reasons that people might be the killer. So, mm-hmm. for example, like Oscar the Grouch, like maybe he killed Big Bird because he was doing something, you know, super illegal, not just kind of the normal trash evasion. I don't know. Trash evasion? I hate that, and yet I love that. Uh, So maybe he, like, killed Big Bird to keep his secret under the wraps. Who else do we have? Bert and Ernie. Bert and Ernie. Fruitalicious, fantastical crew. Well, you know that in order for anything to succeed, you need a orange-shaped man and a banana-shaped man. What? Think about their shapes. One is an orange shape and one is a banana shape. Anywho, 
Veggie Tales is the same way. Bob and Larry. I'll give you that, but name one more example. Community, Abed, and uh, wow, I am blanking on the guy. His stage name is Childish Gambino, but I cannot think of his character name in that. Oh! Troy. Troy and Abed. Troy and Abed. Yep, you're right. All right. All right, I'll give you that, but give me one more example. <laughs> there is one more. What is it from? Uh, I can see the characters, but I can't remember where they're from. Okay, let's get cracking. So, yeah, Bert and Ernie, are. who are... What are they up to now? I feel like we need an extra element. I feel like we need something to kind of push us over the edge of creativity. Oh I feel like... Oh, I know what that means. It's time for a rut row raggy session. So... What we're going to do now is because Scribe can't see the wheel, I'm going to spin the wheel. It has been clicked and I'm not looking because I hate being spoiled. But whatever this element is, we will add it in and we will be happy about it. It's one of my new ones. I'm very, very happy about this. It says, add a Titanic reference and make it obvious. A Titanic reference? Okay, so I think that the climax should definitely be on a ship. Okay. Under... And there should just be a random Muppet band, like, playing as as they go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so we need somebody that owns a boat. Maybe? Okay. Maybe it was Count Von Count? No. Huh. Well, the only person that we haven't really talked about yet is Abby. Yes. I think, I oh, think. I think, mm-hmm. I was going to say, I think Bert and Ernie are the ones that have the boat. Okay. I think they do, like, They're, like, the river rich. Tours. Okay, yeah, River Tours. I like it. I think, okay, it's an adult situation, so I'm thinking what it is. Is Abby deals in stardust or magic dust, aka crack cocaine. Sure, sure. And she's Burn Ernie's supplier. Okay. They have the party boat. Uh, I think Abby killed him. And I feel like Bert and Ernie may have been accomplices okay. because of an accident that happened on the party boat. Interesting. Or or are they doing something? So Bert and Ernie are her biggest suppliers, right? Her biggest um, consumers. She goes out of business. Right. Sorry, that's what I meant. Without them, she goes out of business. So mm-hmm. maybe there was something that Big, some story that Big Bird was about to do that would have shut down the tour business. And maybe it's okay. not related to Bert and Ernie at all. Like, maybe he wasn't about to blow it out that they were, you know, that they had pixie dust or stardust or whatever we want to call it. Maybe it was something like the river's polluted and we had to shut it down in order to clean it. And that would put them out of business, which means that, like, they can't run their parties, which means that... So Rosie goes on a complete... Rosie? Abby. Abby. Sorry. I don't know where I got Rosie. Rosita. That's where yeah, I got Rosita. Rosie. So Abby, like, goes on a rampage trying to, to just, like, get this out. She kills Big Bird, kills Bert and Ernie because she's like, I don't know who else to tell. And they're like, okay, we have to make this look like something else. They go steal Rocky, plant that as evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then whatever. Oh, Abby maybe killed him with a magic wand. Mm, I like that. Because maybe Zoe was on the party bus at one point And she, sure. like, left Rocky behind. Sure. She was on magic dust. You get a little crazy when you're on magic dust. I really like that starting out, this still seems pretty much like an idyllic town. Like, you mm-hmm. know, the Count is dead, but there's a monument to him and a, a beautiful mansion dedicated to him and his memory. You know, his uh, history. Cookie Monster still kind of a little bit of an idiot, but, you know, he's still, like, getting by. And Big Bird is this reporter, and, like, it seems like this very idyllic town. And then all of a sudden, you get into the super seedy underbelly of... Oscar the Grouch and his 
his crime ring and the party boat that is not all that it seems. I love this. You want, you want to, I, I think that maybe the show, they still make the show. And this is like what happens when the cameras are off and like the cam and like they're not doing their like once a week recordings of like a show or something. This is like the cameras are off for real life in Sesame Street Town. So even like, do you think the show is still going or do you want, I don't know. Um, I think, I think I like the idea of show being done. Okay. Um, and like they all still live on the street and maybe more Muppets have come and like Muppets have gone, but like they still live on the street, but they've all grown up. And that could be like the intro. Like you think your life is perfect. And then all of a sudden they just stops. But life doesn't really stop even if you're normal as. Keep on going until next thing you know, you're sitting in a dimly lit office, the feet up on the desk, and a dame crossing the threshold tell you that her best friend's just been arrested for the murder of one of your other friends. Yep, I love it. Anyway. All right, so what have we got right now? We've got, let's go through the character list. We've got Grover, the gritty noir detective whose biggest goal in life is to prove that something was up with Count Vaughn Count before he died, even though he has no way to prove it. But in between proving that, he is a detective, and he does need to take off jobs on the side. So he's open for business and hoping for business so that he can continue with his actual greatest love, which is taking down Count Vaughn Count, despite him already being dead. Wink, 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 wink. Uh, and then you have Rosita, our Nor Dame, who is desperate to convince Grover that Zoe isn't the real killer. Zoe, the first to be accused of Big Bird's murder due to her pet rock, Rocky, being considered the murder weapon. Uh, the reason why it was ended up being used in the murder is because it was on the boat. She left it behind after a night of magic dust on the party boat. But she did not kill Big Bird in reality. Uh, next, we have Count Von Count, who has, at this point, faked his death now lives as a groundskeeper, the estate that has been set up as a historical landmark. Next we have Big Bird himself. Uh, he was a reporter, the top reporter for the news article The Street. Uh, he was mentioning that he had a really big scoop that he was going to be coming out with soon, but he was found dead before that could ever come back, come out. And now it is up to Grover to find out what that big scoop was. Next, we have Oscar the Grouch, who has grown into his role as the mafia boss in one scene that gets replayed in Grover's mind constantly. Uh, he sits at a seedy diner and says, You come to me on this, the day of the trash collection? But uh, maybe he killed Big Bird to keep a big story from breaking. Bert and Ernie are well known for their quote-unquote river tours by day, but if you know a thing or two, you know that they are party boat owners by night. Often dealing in magic dust and throwing wild and dubious uh, events on their boats, they are known for being one of the biggest night scenes in Sesame Street. And finally, we have Abby, who is the magic dust dealer and uh, of whom... Bert and Ernie are one of her biggest consumers. Cookie Monster should go, but I don't feel like he's super important. Cookie Monster, he's like, he's like mentioned a couple times. It's like, look how far Cookie Monster's fallen. They even Cookie Monster visited the bus once or twice when they had those edibles. Those cookie edibles. <laughs> so the stage has been set. Grover and is approached by Rosita to prove that Zoe did not actually kill Big Bird. We've got, everybody's got a reason why they would be connected. We've even got the order in which they will probably be approached. 
But organizing the story and writing a piece of it will have to wait until next time. That's right, we're pulling a two-parter. Who knew? Who knew? Well, we we didn't know actually either. Uh, but if you want to see how this comes out, stay tuned next week where we will finish up this episode and also introduce our new prompt. Uh, Scrab, do you want to add anything else before I start talking about what that month-long challenge is going to be? No, I do have an idea, uh, but that idea, which relates to uh, Abby's magic dust, will have to wait until next week for Write you, Write it down somewhere. Listeners. Sounds good. Okay. Well then, before we head off, I want to introduce what next month's theme is going to be. So, as we all remember, if you were paying attention... Uh, NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month, was a massive disaster for me. I had such a bad time. I barely wrote anything. I think I wrote less than I've wrote in a long time. Um, it didn't go well. Scribe and I were having a conversation a few days ago about a famous author. I don't remember his name. Scribe, what was his name again? Uh, Terry Pratchett. Who only wrote 800 words a day? Actually, uh, significantly less than that. I actually have a little vignette that read as an introduction of this, if you would like. Uh, writing 400 words a day. Writing is difficult. Getting the gumption to sit down and crank out 1,000, 2,000, or more words every single day is exhausting and can be time-consuming. But we see famous authors such as Brandon Sanderson, Mark Twain, and Stephen King say that's the goal they have for daily writing sessions. Now, we must remember that those are full-time authors who write for a living and have had practice of years to increase their word count. As a hobby or beginning authors and writers, expecting to write 1,000 plus words in a single day consistently should not be the bar we aim for. Instead, let's look at an easier goal that was held by a very prolific author, Sir Terry Pratchett. Terry Pratchett, author of the Discworld series as well as numerous short stories and spin-offs, is often quoted as saying as he would write a minimum of 400 words every day. When we compare it to someone like Brandon Sanderson, we might feel that Pratchett is being miserly with his words, but remember, Sanderson's books are usually significantly longer than Pratchett's. I don't say that to elevate or discredit either, merely to point out that in order to keep up his pace, Sanderson has to write out more. Now, to those of you who are wondering if you were to start writing 400 words every day, what would that look like? Just look at this vignette you're currently listening. It is written using exactly 400 words, including the title, and we have just hit 270 exactly. So, what might be some benefits? First of all, 400 words is not a lofty goal. I have taken 15 or 20 minutes to write this, and it has not been especially difficult. Likewise, it's a much easier segment to edit and prune rather than working through 2,000 words a day. Secondly, it begins the practice of writing daily and consistently, and there will be days when you find yourself writing more than 400, and there is no limit, just a bar to meet. Thirdly, it helps you write in quantity. Writing a little bit every day builds up quickly, and as you write more, you will increase your technical skill and overall quality. So try it. Open your computer, notes app, or whatever, and pen 400 words. I love it. Did you write that? I did. I wrote that and used exactly 400 words, including the title. And oh, I, I will love post it. that somewhere. Because I, I, I did that because 
it gives you kind of a snapshot of what 400 words look like. And when you see it, first of all, part of you says, oh, that's not too bad. And the other part of you says, oh, wow, 400 is actually like a sizable amount. Like if I put two of those together, like that's a page and a half. Um, mm -hmm. And if you use if you use double spacing, 400 words is already a page and a half. So like you're doing great. So yeah, our idea uh, for February is to encourage you guys to write along with us 400 words a day. Doesn't mean you only write 400 words a day, but you write minimum 400 words every single day and uh, see how it goes. Uh, there are some mathematical formulas that you could do to figure out how many words you would end up at the end of February. However, I'm going to ask you not to do that uh, because I want to see how many words you do come out with uh, because I would not be surprised if you ended up with more words than the uh, bare, minimum, bare minimum that you would get with writing exactly 400 words a day. Absolutely. This, this is a great idea. I'm really excited about it. I work a very big full-time job. I often work 10-hour shifts. Um, and so a lot of writing and all of those big word and number counts, they, don't, they aren't feasible for me, as I'm sure they're not feasible for a lot of people who have busy lives, who have children, but are still hobbyist writers like us. Um, so I really want to encourage you guys, write along with us. Don't limit yourself, like Scribe said, to 400 words a day, but also don't pressure yourself to go above and beyond. If you hit that 400 word count and you're like, I'm done for the day. You did it. You wrote as much as Terry Pratchett, author of books like Good Omens, uh, The Light Fantastic, Going Postal, Small Gods, classic English books uh, that you might have read. You might have read in school. You might have heard about. Good Omens is probably the most popular of his now that it's been turned into a TV series. But yeah, that's what we're going to be starting in February. Um, we won't be basing, I don't think, full episodes off of our progress. We'll be probably mentioning it as we go. Yeah, we'll be mentioning it, and we might we might use one or two ideas that we come up with. So I've actually been doing this for the past week or so, and I haven't been super consistent. Like, uh, I didn't get to it yesterday, and I didn't get it today, uh, and there's reasons for that. But overall, I've been writing 400 words every day, and it already has done a lot. Like, sitting down and forcing yourself to write 400 words, like... I wrote 400 words one day and almost exactly because it wasn't that, that great. It was a really hard writing session. And then I came away from it and I was kind of, kind of disgruntled, kind of just disappointed with how, with, with my progress. But then I came back the next day, deleted those 400 and then rewrote the 400 and realized where I actually wanted to go with that story. But because I had only written 400 the day before, it was no problem to be like, well, that's just 400 words. I'll get through that in this writing session. Um, instead of having put in like 2000 words into something and realize like, this is not the direction I want to go. So yeah, having, having that, when you're having a bad day, only writing 400 words is really good because you, you keep up the practice of writing. It's so much easier to delete the next day if you don't like it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. And you, know, you turn around and have a day where you write like 1300 so <laughs> right and those are the exceptional days i mean scribe knows very recently i've started writing again more than i've written in a very long time um it's been really exciting my brother uh recently came back into town uh and he has picked up writing 
And so having a body double awesome. and someone to ride along with me, yeah. He, he's back in town and we're working on a book for him right now and that's gotten me more in the mood for writing and I've been working on a new world that I'm excited for. Uh, just there's a lot of different elements that I'm, is really helping and, and pushing me towards writing and this goal is hopefully going to help set me in the right direction uh, for staying consistent in that. And who knows, maybe someday I'll publish, but until then, I just need to write, and so that's what I'm doing, just writing. So, the name of our challenge is 400 February, and we will be talking about that over the next month. This will start next Friday, uh, next Friday, will be, is that February 1st or 2nd? February 2nd. It's February 2nd. So we will be updating you on our progress on that. We'll have just started. Maybe we'll be talking about any specific things we're trying to focus on while we're writing. Not so much projects, because pigeonholing yourself into one project can get tough, but more like what we want to work on. Do we want to work on our dialogue? Do we want to work on descriptions or world building? We'll talk about that more then. Uh, But yeah, that is our announcement for what we will be doing for February. I'm very excited for it. Uh, And with that... Yes, I am too. Anything else you want to add on that, Scribe? Well, if you want to follow us uh, and see our progress in more than just the podcast form, you can head over to Instagram and you can follow myself at Scribe of Worlds, a Violet Author at The Violet Author. You can also follow me on Facebook uh, as well as uh, scribeofworlds.com, my website where there's tons of uh, stories that I've written. I'm hoping to also start putting up some more writing resources, especially as we kind of get into this writing 400. This prompt itself will be up there. And yeah, we'll we'll just see. Uh, if you guys have ideas of things that you would like to see on the website, just let me know. And I will, uh, I'll, I'll probably figure out some way to, to work it in. As Violet always says, we get such low <laughs> interaction. Yeah, we have we have such low social interaction on social media, to clarify, uh, that we need to take whatever we can get. Uh, so, so we're yeah. not picky. <laughs> no, we are not. We are not. And we do thank all uh, seven people who listen regularly. Hi, Mom. I really do thank you guys so much for, for sticking it out and, and coming along with us every single week. But until next time, have a great week and wander well.